In a land of innovation and ideas, it's often called America's Best Idea. We will weigh in on the wonders of nature and wildlife in the wilderness. Join me as we face new frontiers while picking apart picturesque national parks in the USA on today's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. everybody and welcome to this another exciting episode of FYI for your English the show where we tackle a bunch of different topics every single week remember if you have any suggestions we'd love to hear from you just drop me a line on social media or wherever you can find me in fact the easiest way is my website albertoalonso.com and you'll find links to my Twitter Instagram Facebook YouTube, Patreon, and everything else. So if you haven't figured it out yet, today we're going to talk about national parks. I know you call them parques naturales, but since in the United States they're run by the federal government, we call them national parks. They're not just run by the federal government, they're also designated as well. And we're going to talk about all the history and interesting tidbits of information about American national parks on today's show. And I'm excited because I've been to so many, but I have so many more to check off my list. Tachar de mi lista. To check off es más tachar como terminado, and to cross out es más tachar como porque hay un error, o un errata, a typo. So today we're going to go into nature, the great outdoors. Careful with that word, nature. No es nature or nature. I've heard people say nature, believe it or not. My ears bled. We say nature, the natural world. And we don't say the nature. If you noticed, I said the wonders of nature. Because we're speaking in general, nature. And who doesn't love nature? If you don't love nature, I've got to say there's something wrong with you. No offense, and I'm no professional, but nature is beautiful. It's inspiring. It's everything around us. We are nature. I always tell people when they compare us to, they say, oh, look at that. The dog is just like us, or we're just like that dog. And I said, well, actually, we are. We're animals, too. I mean, we are humans. We're homo sapiens, but we're animals. We are mammals, mammiferos, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm no expert. I say that in every episode as a disclaimer. I'm no expert. No soy experto. So let's take a look at the intro because I always like to put a lot of vocabulary words in the intro. Some awesome adjectives and, of course, you just caught me, alliteration. I just used it. Awesome adjectives. Ah, Please, somebody help me. I can't stop. I need help with this alliteration. All right, so I said, in a land of innovation and ideas. Innovación is innovation. So to innovate is the verb. 
and ideas. Cuidado, yo sé que es una palabra que ves y lo reconoces, pero la pronunciación no es ideas, it's ideas. And the national park system has often been called America's best idea. And that's what I meant when I said that. In the United States, we have a lot of ideas. In general, we're a country that believes in ideas. We bet on ideas. But it's been said, se ha dicho, that this was our best idea. Then I said we will weigh in on the wonders. Do you recognize the word weigh? The, way, the word weigh is pesar. But to weigh in on, it's a really good one, is to evaluate, right? To weigh in on, to assess, we could say. Um, comparar, eh, sopesar, evaluar, to weigh in on. Another way you could say it is to intervenir, it says here on word reference. Remember, guys, if you want to check any of these words, you can get them if you are a patron. Remember, if you're a patron, depending on your level, you'll have access to PDF sheets. So that's great for those of you who are lower levels and you want to follow along with the vocabulary. It's a great visual aid. And if you want more information, it's really simple. Go over to my Patreon page and check it out. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and you'll see there's a wide range of of option of options excuse me a wide range is una amplia gama de opciones and we've got all kinds of levels from stars at three euros a month to interstellar students at 60 euros a month who have access to classes with me both weekly and monthly so if you want to find out what it's all about go over to patreon.com slash alberto alonso and join our online community of curious people That said, I want to send a shout out to Jose Maria, Carolina, Eva, Mila, Desiree, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, Loles, and my interstellar students, Carmen, Diana, and Pilar. Thank you to all of you, not just my interstellar students and my super duper students, but all of you who make this podcast possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I couldn't thank you enough. Then I said, wildlife in the wilderness. Now, this is interesting because we see the word wild a couple times, which is salvaje, right? But wildlife is anything that lives out there in the wild. Vida salvaje or fauna. We also say the word fauna as well to describe plants and animals. Wildlife, cool word. And then, of course, using my double alliteration, I use the word wilderness. And the wilderness, when I think of the wilderness, I think of a big uninhabited area where nobody lives, as you say, in the middle of nowhere, en medio de la nada. We say the same thing. And so wilderness, according to word references, tierra salvaje, naturaleza, jungla. I think of an area that has not been developed. 
Then I said, join me. I always say join me because I want you to join me on our English adventure. As we face, to face is enfrentar new frontiers, nuevas fronteras, while picking apart. Now, here I did some triple alliteration, while picking apart. So what does it mean to pick apart something? Well, think of a kid who's playing with their food and they're separating the peas, los guisantes, from the rice and they're separating the clams, um, las almejas, uh, they're probably eating paella, it sounds like, right? So to pick something apart, and it literally means to dissect it, right? To look deeper into it, right? If you think about it. So we're going to pick it apart. It could have a negative connotation, but here we don't mean it in a negative way. We're going to pick apart the picturesque national parks in the USA, picturesque being pintoresco. Now, I don't know if you guys know it, but for most Americans, our national parks are a source of pride. Una fuente de orgullo. We are very proud, orgullosos, of our national parks. And if you've ever been to them, there are so many. They are so varied. There are ones that are mountainous and ones that are flat. Others that are more like deserts and others that are green and lush. Frondoso. But there's one thing that I think we can all agree on. They are vast. Enormous. They are vast landscapes that just make my country such a beautiful place decorated or dotted with these magical retreats, these breathtaking places, as we say. This is an adjective we use a lot when we describe nature or a view. We say it's it's breathtaking. Te quita la respiración. Also, uh, when we talk about mountains, we say the word majestic. I just taught you the word lush, which is a word we use when we talk about forests, right? So it's good to learn adjectives that go hand in hand with each other. What do I mean by that? I mean adjectives and nouns. So there are certain adjectives that describe certain nouns. When we talk about mountains, we say majestic. Don't ask me why. Maybe it's the double alliteration. Hey, I'm not the only one. All right, well, let's look at the history. You know me. I always like to go back and see where it all started. And we'd have to go back very, very far. But first, I wanted to look at what is the National Park Service, or what we call the NPS. Well, it is a federal agency within the United States, and it's part of the Department of the Interior, right? The Department of the Interior. And they run and also designate landmarks and national parks. So now that we know who they are, those are the people that are running the show, llevando la voz cantante. They're taking care of the parks and they're voting on laws to make sure that we preserve these parks. They are in charge, a cargos. So before we get into the history, let's take a look at some statistics as well. I was pretty fascinated because, as I said, the word vast is a great word to describe the United States and its national parks. There are 84 million acres. Now, 84 million acres, 84 million 
of anything is a lot. Uh, now, for those of you who want it in hectares, uh, just divide that number by 2.47. As you can tell, math is not my forte. Let's just put it this way. It's a whopping enorme 84 million acres. Makes sense, that word. Whopping, the whopper, the Burger King is enorme. Aha! I knew it meant something. Now, out of the 419 parks in the National Park System, which, as I said, is run by the NPS, well, this is a, a figure I have from 2019. Out of 419 parks, there are 62 that have the designation of National Park as part of their official name. So what do I mean? There are a lot of parks. There are a lot of landmarks in the United States that have been designated, but there are 62 with the word National Park in their name officially. Now, speaking of whopping numbers, do you know how many visits these American National Parks received in 2019? Okay, write this number down. This is a good opportunity to practice numbers. 327,516,619 recreational visits to American national parks. So that number, if you wrote it down, is 3,207,516,619. As you can tell, como podéis notar, it's a lot easier for me in English. One thing I will say, though, that we're looking at numbers. Remember, in Spanish, you guys use a decimal point where you, we use a comma and vice versa. So switch your commas and your decimal points, whether you're in English or in Spanish. So that number again, these, these are the amount of recreational visits they received in 2019, 327,516,619 visits. And, well, I figured I was interested after that in finding out which were the top five, you know, which were the ones that were most visited in 2019. And I, I looked it up. Lo consulté. I always tell you guys to be curious. Well, I practice what I preach. Practico lo que predico. Number one on our list. Now, remember, this is as far as visits. This is not the area or the, the space that the park has. This is the amount of visitors it receives every year. Well, this is really 2019, but it can give you a general idea. Number one is the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Now, remember that word, that's a tricky one. You can say mountain, como yo, mountain. You can say mountain, but you cannot say mountain. I won't allow it, okay? So the Great Smoky Mountains, smoke es con nublados, no? The Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and that's uh, located in Tennessee and North Carolina, and that had 25 and a half, half, acordaos, no pronunciamos la L, 20, uh, excuse me, 12 and a half, did I say 25? I'm sorry, 12 and a half million visitors in 2019. And when I think of the Smoky Mountains, I'm not too familiar with the Smoky Mountains, but I think of country music. I think of that area because, well, Nashville, Tennessee is where country music was born. And North Carolina, well, it's the South. So the Smoky Mountains, I didn't know it. I thought it would be the Grand Canyon or something like that. But no, the Great Smoky Mountains, the most visited park in the United States in 2019. Number two, 
you guessed it, the Grand Canyon National Park. Now, you call it El Cañón de Colorado. There's just one problem. We don't. We call it the Grand Canyon. And, uh, well, this goes, uh, well, this is, this is the interesting part. I remember being very confused when I moved to Spain. I was like, why do you guys call it the Colorado Canyon if it's in Arizona? Because there's a, a good trivia question. Why is it called El Cañón de Colorado if it's in Arizona? Well, the river that runs through it is called, obviously, the Colorado River. Pero eso lo pronunciáis mejor vosotros que yo. Colorado, ¿no? <laughs> Con colores. Colorido, right? Colorful. Colorful. That's what it literally means, right? Colorful. I love that. And it is very colorful. Well, the Grand Canyon receives almost 6 million, just under 6 million visitors, 5.97. Acordaos, no es 5,97, sino 5.97 million visitors in 2019. Number three on our list, the Rocky Mountain National Park. Rocosos, I think you call them, the Rocky Mountain National Park, and that is in Colorado. I think of the Rockies myself. I've never been to the Rockies. That's on my bucket list. Mi lista de cosas de hacer antes de palmarla, as you say. And I think of the Rocky Mountains. I think of Colorado uh, and Boulder, Colorado. That's an interesting one. The word Boulder is uh, a big rock. And what can you find all over Colorado? The Rocky Mountains. And what are the Rocky Mountains? Really big rocks. All right, the next one is Zion National Park. Zion, empezando con Zeta. And this one is in Utah. In Utah. And uh, I've never been there. Now, as I said, there are so many parks, uh, 419 to be exact, and that number changes. They're always designate, designating new areas to be parks. But uh, Zion, that's high on my list. Como decimos, muy alto en mi lista. Zion National Park in Utah. And that had 4.5 million visitors. Four and a half, se puede decir, or 4.5 million visitors. And that was tied with, empatado con, number five, you're saying we can't talk about national parks without talking about Yosemite. And that's right, Yosemite National Park, uh, which is located in the Sierra Nevada. No, not in Granada, Spain. I mean the Sierra Nevada in California. Yeah, I know. We copied you guys. Well, it was a good name, you know. The Snowy Mountains. The Snowy Mountain Peaks. Remember, una sierra is a mountain range. So one mountain is un monte. The mountains is me voy al monte el fin de semana, la montaña. But a mountain range is when you talk about the Rockies or any of these, the Smoky Mountains, as we said. So Zion and Yosemite. You say Yosemite, I think. We don't. We say Yosemite, and that's in fifth place, tied with Zion National Park. And uh, I'm dying to go to Yosemite. So the only one I've been to on that list is the Grand Canyon. And I'm going to tell you guys all about my experiences at the Grand Canyon in the bonus part of today's show. But first, I promised you some history. So let's start with Yosemite. We just said Yosemite. It's probably the most well-known one. And, well, uh, this was discovered or really promoted 
by settlers. Now, settlers are people who come to live in an area and they settle that area. And this was around the mid-1800s during what we called the westward expansion when people started moving west to look for opportunities in the United States, obviously. And, well, they noticed, uh, these guys uh, noticed that there was a very different landscape out there, extremely different to the landscapes out east, you know, back home where they came from. And so they said, wait, this is incredible. We've never seen anything like this in this country. We've, we've got to take note. So, uh, and they, they thought that it would be a great spot for recreation and for tourists. And when I say they, I'm talking about a British guy named James Hutchins. And this was in 1850. Him, along with two Indian guides, guias are guides, well, they went to the Yosemite Valley, El Valle de Yosemite, and they said, we're going to write about this. We, You know, this is just so unique. It hasn't been seen before. It didn't remind them of anything they saw in Europe either. We got to write about this. And they started writing uh, articles to promote that area uh, known as the Yosemite Valley. And I don't believe in overnight success, uh, éxito de noche a la mañana, but it was basically an overnight success. They, they, I guess they described the park so well because now it's easy. Take some pictures. And I think anybody who's seen pictures of Yosemite is like, uh, where do I sign up? Donde me apunto? I'm in, you know. Um, But back then it was articles, but it worked. People started coming. They were flocking there, eating masas to flock. But you want to know the interesting fact about all of this? Yosemite was not our first national park. It wasn't. It's probably one of the most popular ones to this day, and it was an early park that was discovered, but it wasn't our first one. The first one wasn't until 1872, And that was Yellowstone. Um, You guys remember that one from Yogi Bear. Hey, boo-boo, what are you going to do? Hey, boo-boo. Oh, no, that's Jellystone. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yellowstone, which is another very famous park in the United States. I think everybody all over the world is familiar with Yosemite and Yellowstone. But Yosemite was kind of discovered first, but the first one to be designated or declared a national park was Yellowstone, and that was in 1872 by Ulysses S. Grant. And I decided I would take you guys to Yellowstone on this episode. So let's look at some fun facts about this amazing place called Yellowstone. It is home to more than 500 active geysers. Now, a geyser is something that spits water out of the ground. To spit is escupir. And you know, now you're thinking 500 in one national park, okay? 500 active geysers. And you want to know that? Another interesting fact, which makes it even more fascinating, more than half of the world's geysers. So that is, that makes up more than half of the world's geysers, Yellowstone's 500 active geysers. So that means in the world, there are under a thousand geysers. And I think the most famous one is Old Faithful. I think this one has been shown in cartoons and everything. Old Faithful in Yellowstone. We talked about fauna, of course, plants and animals. And, well, uh, there are 285 species of birds 
in Yellowstone. 150 that nest there, hacer su nido, right, to nest. And careful with that word species, because if you're like me, you mix it up a little bit. So spices are what you use in the kitchen, especias. And species is especies. A ver si me he liado. Maybe I mixed it up. So a species of birds and spices are things like pepper, cinnamon, and things like this, canela. So 285 species of birds can be found there. And bears and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Eso es una frase de El Mago de Oz, uh, The Wizard of Oz. But, okay, you won't find lions, but you will find bears there. And aside from that, another thing that I thought was fascinating was it's not just about the fauna. There's an archaeological or a cultural aspect to it as well. Uh, there are more than 1,800, 1, this is astounding, 1,800 known archaeological sites within the park. That's, I mean, a mind-blowing fact. Another one, uh, about 200 290, 290, casi 300 waterfalls. Palabra muy lógica, catarata. Yeah, 290 waterfalls can be found throughout Yellowstone Park. And there are, last fun fact, and then we'll move on, there are approximately 1,000 miles of hiking trails. Now, 1,000 miles for our European friends, 1,609 kilometers of hiking trails. And to hike is hacer senderismo, and the trail is el sendero. Yeah, 1,609 kilometers. That's a lot of hiking. And I'll, I'll teach you an idiom while we're at it, and it's take a hike. I think you say in Spanish, vete a freir asparagos. <laughs> I love that one. Go fry asparagus. We say take a hike or go fly a kite. That's another way to say it. All right, well, another guy we can't talk about national parks without mentioning is a guy named John Muir. Now, John Muir was also known as, a.k.a. John of the Mountains, or the Father of National Parks. And he was an influential Scottish-American a uh, naturalist, an author, philosopher, botanist, zoologist. I mean, the guy, he had a lot of professions. Let's put it that way. As we say in English, he wore a lot of hats. A jack of all trades. A jack of all trades is alguien que hace un poco de todo. But he was an early advocate. We've looked at that word on the podcast before, defensor of the preservation of the American wilderness. And he wrote letters and essays and, and books describing his adventures in nature, especially in the Sierra Nevada area. And well, his activism helped preserve the Yosemite Valley and the Sequoia National Park, which is another very famous national park in the United States. So a lot of people say that, you know, our national parks might not even be what they are today without this guy. And he, you know, through his writings and teachings, convinced Congress um, to take this seriously, the preservation of these parks. And nobody took that more seriously 
than Teddy Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt, or as they lovingly call him, Teddy Roosevelt, who himself was a nature lover and was instrumental in uh, getting national parks, uh, you know, money and attention in the United States. And that was from 1901 to 1909. And he, uh, he basically created five parks during that time, as we said earlier, Yosemite being one of those. And he also signed something called the 1906 Antiquities Act. And this gave the president authority to create national monuments and, uh, you know, to take government land and protect it uh, when necessary. So Teddy Roosevelt did a lot for the national park system and maybe again because of it was his own love for nature that spurred that then we go to 1916 and another american president woodrow wilson woodrow wilson was the one who said that uh, we're going to establish who I told you before runs the show, right? To run the show or to call the shots is llevar la voz cantante. And he created the NPR in 1916, uh, excuse me, not 1960. <laughs> 1960, I'm not sure if he was alive, maybe. 1916, he created the National Park Service. And this is when they got organized and, you know, started to have funds and, and all that stuff and really, really protect the parks. And we're going to talk about all that stuff, including park rangers, the people who take care of parks and give you help. And who knows, could even save your life one day if you're scaling El Capitan, which is a very famous peak that if you guys have Mac, if you're Mac users, one of the, uh, I think the Mac Capitan symbol is that face, that cliff face. The word cliff is Acantilado. So, and since then, well, people have been obviously interested in conservation and taking care of these parks and making sure that they don't get turned into real estate developments or big shopping malls and that they're there for everybody to enjoy for generations. And one of the great things is you can get a yearly pass. Un abono anual. And you can literally go to all the national parks in the United States. It's on my bucket list. Again, bucket list. Things I want to do before I die. I want to get a trailer, an RV as we call it, and drive all over the United States and cross all of these or check all of these off my list. All of them. All 400 and what was the number? I lost count. All 419 national parks. Now, I've seen a few of them, and I'm going to tell you about my experience at American National Parks in the bonus part of today's show. Some of the ones I've been to, uh, Joshua Tree, uh, many of you who are U2 fans, you'll recognize it. Uh, it's the name of an album. The Joshua Tree, the Grand Canyon, Death Valley. I'll tell you about all all those and much more. Plus, I'm going to give you some tips, some pointers, unos consejos, uh, that if you're ever going to go hiking or camping or just spend some time seeing national parks in the United States, well, these are some things that could help you along the way. And we'll look at some inspiring nature quotes as well. All that in the second bonus part of today's FYI. 